Welcome to the Rent to Rent Success Podcast, the only podcast entirely dedicated to helping you achieve rent to rent success. We talk about the ethical way to get you started in property without buying it. This is our place to inspire each other to believe bigger, to be bolder, and to be game changers for good. Property investors and sisters Stephanie and Nikki Taylor are your guides on this exciting ride. Let's start up the engines and get ready to fly. Hello, hello, hello. Stephanie here and welcome to episode four of Ask the Angels, where we answer your rent to rent questions. Today's question from KQ Day is about what makes a group, what makes a good HMO. Here's KQD's question. Great news. We have our first HMO property to go view. We will 100% be using the rent to rent success deal analyzer to see if the deal stacks up for us. But I have one question and I would love to hear your answer. What would your top five things be that you would look for on your first rent to rent HMO deal? And also, what would you steer clear of? This is a great question. If you also have a burning question you'd love us to answer, go to renttorentsuccess.com slash ask, A-S-K, and record your question for me to answer here for you. So Kekadi has said she already knows about the deal analyzer. She knows how to make her deal stack using the deal analyzer. If you don't have the Rent to Rent Success deal analyzer yet, you can go to renttorentsuccess.com slash deal analysis and you'll be able to download it there and we'll put the links in the show notes as well. So the five things to look for in your first rent to rent deal. First of all, we've got the four L's, licensing, location, layout and lifestyle. And I've got a fifth one, which I'm going to give on add on at the end. So first off, we've got licensing. Many people I talk to are intimidated by HMO licensing. They say they'd rather do surface accommodation and essentially be running a hotel business because it's easier. It's not easier, let me tell you. Service accommodation is more time consuming than HMO because by its very nature, you're finding and serving lots of new customers every week and every month. And as you'd imagine, guests have much more exacting requirements than housemates. Licensing looks complicated, but once you understand the basics, it's straightforward. Remember that most people, remember that lots of people are doing it and most of them aren't rocket scientists. So you're going to be able to do it too. And so what is HMO licensing? HMO licensing are the rules which the government says must be in place for an HMO, i.e. a house of multiple occupation. There are different licensing rules in England and Wales and in Scotland. So in England and Wales, every HMO property for five or more people from more than one household requires an HMO license. It used to only apply to properties with more than two stories, but now is the case for all HMOs, irrespective of the number of stories. 
Properties for seven or more people from two or more households require sui generis planning, HMO planning. And in mandatory licensing rules in Scotland, it's slightly different. In Scotland, you need an HMO license if you want to rent your property out to three or more tenants, none of whom are related or part of the same family. And apart from the the national uh, HMO licensing, there are some local differences. So some councils, uh, also known as local authorities, have added further requirements to the national requirements. And you'll need to find out whether there are any additional restrictions in the areas you're looking at. The additional requirements can be in the form of Article 4 direction, additional licensing and selective licensing. Let me explain what that means. Article 4 is a direction under Article 4 of the Government Permitted Development Order, which enables the Secretary of State or local planning authorities to withdraw specified permitted property development rights. In plain English, what it means is that where an Article 4 direction is in place, planning permission is required to change a a house, a C3 property, into a C4 property or an HMO. So that's that's what it means. It means if there's an Article 4 direction, you need planning to change a property into an HMO. Additional licensing, there are, this applies to certain HMOs that fall outside the scope of the mandatory HMO licensing scheme. It's a discretionary scheme that a council may have adopted to help it deal with the problems associated with HMOs that are not already covered by mandatory licensing. And selected li- selective licensing is the same. It's like additional licensing, and the content of it will depend on exactly how the local authority has written it. Some schemes cover the whole borough, whereas others only cover smaller geographical areas. So the question is, how do you know whether that is Article 4 or additional or selective licensing in your area? And this is very simple. It's public information. And it's available on the website of each local authority area. But what should you do if your area is Article 4? So many people use Article 4 as an excuse not to get started. We have a successful rent-to-rent business in an Article 4 equivalent area. Because we focus on existing HMOs, it doesn't stop us. If anything, it's an advantage because there is less competition because it's more difficult to convert a house into an HMO. When you focus on existing HMOs, everything is already done for you. You don't need to pay to get additional work to get your HMO up to standard. And you don't have the uncertainty about where the planning permission will be granted. And yes, Landlords and agents will rent existing HMOs to you on a rent-to-rent basis. So generally, we do not recommend that as beginners you go for properties that aren't HMOs in Article 4 areas. So that's the first L. That's licensing sorted. You just need to know the status of the property, which you will find online. And we suggest you start with already licensed HMOs. Our second L is location. You need to choose a location where people who uh, who are your target housemates want to live. 
So how to choose your location. If you feel confused about where to start, I'll give you some clarity here. Before I go into this, I want to remind you there are people doing rent to rent in cities all over the country. You've heard a lot of them on this very podcast. Rent to rent works in most cities. Of course, there are checks to make first. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about now to make sure it's going to be a good area for you. So start where you are. Choose an area you know well as your first area. People overlook how much easier this will make the process. Choosing an area you know well close to your home or work will give you so much more clarity than trying to get your very first property far away in an area unknown to you. It's not impossible, it's just much more difficult. As you don't need to buy the property, you can do this even if you live in an expensive area. If you live in the countryside, look at the biggest towns or cities to you. Then you'll need to look at a few other things to make sure the location is going to work really well from an HMO perspective. So that's your second L, location. The third L is layout. This is important. What do I mean by layout? I mean, does the house work as a house share? It needs to have a good sized living space if that's a requirement in your area to have um, a separate living room. In our area, it's typical that you would have a living space in the property. But I know in some parts of London, you just don't have a living space and that doesn't stop you at all from being able to rent out your property. But do look at what works well in your marketplace. If you need a living room area, make sure your living room area is a decent size, that your bedrooms are a decent size too. Remember that more people will be working from home now, so space is important. People are not just prepared to put up with anything these days. You need your property to be good value for the price. The happier your customers are, the happier your business is. The number one driver of rent-to-rent success is lettability. And you need to have lettable rooms. That's going to help keep your empty rooms low. You need to ensure that the property will rent out well, uh, as well as it being in the right location, that it is the right layout. And the right layout is really about being a lovely place to live and that bedrooms feel the right size. I don't just mean above minimum size. I mean, they feel like a good place to live. A house needs to flow. The fourth L to think about when taking on your first rent to rent deal is lifestyle. You have to think about how people want to live because this is a business at the end of the day and our customers are our tenants. It's up to us to ensure that we're creating a lifestyle that people want. That is the product. It's living. It's a home people love coming home to. And our role as HMO landlords is to make that product as good as it can be, to speak directly to our customers at the price point that we're aiming for. Some of the things that we notice that people really love is extra space. And while you can't change the size of a house without major works, You can change the storage and make it feel more spacious. We've found that having two wardrobes can be a real winner. Now that people are more likely to be working from home than in the past, 
having a desk and attractive work area is also important. People love en-suites. If you have them, your properties will be more in demand than if you don't. However, having said that, most of our properties have shared bathrooms and still rent consistently. With this, the fewer sharing, the more attractive your property will be. We find that a maximum of three sharing is okay, two is better, and en-suites are the creme de la creme. Parking. 50% of our tenants drive a car, so for them, parking is really important. When you're selling those rooms, one out of two times, it will be somebody who's driving a car. And so it is worthwhile having at least some properties which have parking, whether on-street parking or dedicated spaces. Being able to park outside their home, take their shopping in, unload or unpack, is it makes it so much more practicable. If there's a no-go area outside, and I have seen HMOs for sale in locations where you literally cannot stop outside the house, it's not impossible, but it's not going to work as well. And of course, these are just guidelines. In many parts of London, parking is the exception rather than the rule, and parking isn't expected. However, it's almost always the case that if parking is easily available outside the property, It will be more attractive to more people than if it isn't. The better you get all of these things right, the fewer voids you have, the happier housemates you have, and the more profitable your business will be. So that's the four L's. There is a fifth thing as well that I said I would add in, and that is you want to check that the area has demand. You need to know that people want to rent where you are. So when looking at demand, Spare Room is currently far and away the number one website for letting shared houses in the UK. It will show you the number of people looking for rooms, the number of rooms available, rents and conditions of the properties. You'll be able to see rooms from the lowest to the highest end of the market so you can assess where you want to position yourself. Spare Room will give you an indication Remember, not every room available will be listed and not not every room listed will be available. And also, not every housemate looking will have created an account on Spare Room. So it'll just give you a guideline. You'll be able to find out the ratio of people looking for rooms versus rooms available. And obviously, an area becomes more appealing when the number of people looking for rooms far exceeds the number of rooms available. Our area works really well for for HMOs and rent to rent, but the ratio of potential housemates looking for rooms available on spare room varies massively at different times of year. So you need to consider other factors too. So that's it. If the H if your HMO is in the right location next to lots of people hubs, it has a great layout and it creates a good lifestyle for people who live there, you've got a winner. So let me recap on the five things to look out for in a rent-to-rent HMO when you're looking and you're going on those viewings for your first deal. You want to check out the licensing and make sure that it's a licensed HMO. You want to, or that you can license it if you want to do that. You want to check out the location and that it's going to be a winning location for the types of tenants you want to attract. 
You want to make sure the layout really works for a house share so that people will love living there. And finally, you want to check out, well, not finally, number four is you want to check out the lifestyle that the property gives the lifestyle that there are bars and restaurants if you're renting out to young professionals, that there are shops, there are good transport links. You want to make sure that people have the lifestyle that they are looking for. And finally, you want to check that demand for this location is there. So I hope that was helpful. Now, KKD also asked about what to steer clear of when you're looking at your first H, uh, sorry, when you're looking at your first rent to rent HMO. So these are the things, these are the two main things that I would steer clear of. So I would steer clear of properties without central heating and or double glazing. Oftentimes, this indicates, I mean, why would you not have central heating in an HMO property? Really, there are very few reasons I can think of. Um, And also, double glazing is really important as well. You want to have a a property that's efficiently heated. And so you don't want the, the building costs running away. You want the maintenance to be well. You don't want a lot of damp or anything like that. So we avoid properties that do not have central heating and or double glazing. The second one is that we avoid, and this seems a strange one, landlords who want to live in the property. Um, We have had a few requests from landlords who also want to live in the property but want us to manage it. And that would be too unwieldy and wouldn't work very well, I don't think. So you may get that. And the third one is you want to look at the landlords in the same way that you want to look at your tenants that you'll be working with and just make sure it's somebody who you would want to have a long-term relationship with because it, it, it is like a joint venture. You're working together on a collaboration that will work for you both and will carry on for three to five years. So just make sure that you're always partnering with people who you want to be in a partnership with. So I hope you found that useful today. Do let me know by leaving me, a, leaving me a comment. And if you would like to get your question answered too, go to renttorentsuccess.com slash ask and record your question. We'll record an answer for you for a future episode. That's all for now. I will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for being with me here today. If you would like more, we've written the number one best-selling book on Rents to Rent. You can find it at rentstorentsuccess.com slash book. Reviewers on Amazon have described it as the best Rent to Rent HMO book and also as a definitive reference guide and inspirational. Take your next step today and buy the book. You can find it at rent2rentsuccess.com slash book. And I'll see you again next time. Until then, remember, believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer.